to do some great things in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being here. Responding to worship and praise is a good, good thing to do in Jesus' name. Thankful. Tonight we're going to have services here tonight, always beginning in the prayer room. We invite you to come. I know the prayer room can be um, extremely intimidating. And let me put it to you this way. It's always going to be intimidating to the flesh. Always. It just will. The spirit and the flesh will never mix. In fact, the Bible says that the flesh is enmity with God. It means it's unreconcilable. It just can't handle the things of God. So what we need is we need um, uh, help from the Lord to shut it down. Not kill it, but to shut it down. And so this is what happens. But you are invited to come to the prayer meeting. I know there's a lot of things that go on in there. It gets loud. It gets very demonstrative, that type of thing. And so I understand that people can have a little bit of a hesitancy towards that. But I still believe in the power of prayer. I believe that prayer is one of the things that begins to set us up to receive the things of God in Jesus' name. Um, and, and God is just very, very help. I just want to take a second and thank everybody for coming tomorrow, last night in prayer. It's what we do, praise God. And I thank God for collective prayer, people who can come together and combine the effort in Jesus' name. I want you to take your Bibles this morning, or you can look on the screen if you want. Um, the book of Ecclesiastes has been in our point of discussion here lately. We've talked about wisdom, and there's no question about it. This book has um, some tremendous observations. Just there's no question about it. And I, I really feel like that's um, one of the biggest reasons for the book um, is that here's a man that was basically um, given everything in life, had everything. I mean to tell you, all the money, all the nice horses and chariots and everything, and yet, you know, the, the emptiness that was inside of that is, is still very amazing to me. But it's very, very much observed in the world you and I live in. We have people today that uh, don't come to church or they don't get involved in things of God, and I'm not judging, I'm just being a fruit inspector, because they feel like life has got more to offer them. And again, I, I don't condemn them, I pray for them, praise God, because I'm going to tell you something. Jesus summed it up when he said, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world but lost his soul? And so, I mean, that really is a, is a tremendous statement in Jesus' name. And you can feel that reflection in this book. Uh, Wednesday night we talked about the fact that, um, you know, he sums up a lot of things. And in the third chapter there, we, we refer to that on Wednesday night's Bible study. There's 28 verses there, that, or 28 things that he deals with. It's time for this, time for that. And the rhythm of life is, is everybody's. I mean, it doesn't matter if you live for God. Well, it does matter, but I mean, it, the rhythm of life is going to come to you regardless. And so um, it, it's, it's tremendous. But in the fourth chapter here, I want you to see something. And I, I believe with the help of the Lord, there's going to be some things pointed out here. And I pray in advance, and I have prayed for this service, this portion of it anyway, that you won't get intimidated. Praise God. God already knows. Amen. There's a scripture in the book of, um, I believe it's in the book of First John. I won't go there, but it talks about confessing to the Lord. And for years, you know, people have contemplated that. Why do we need to confess with God? He knows everything anyway. Well, if you study the word, the word really doesn't mean to confess something God doesn't know. It's what we're doing is we're agreeing with God. And that's where, you know, there, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that talks about how can we walk together with him unless we agree. Knowing that God knows sometimes can be a, a very, very disturbing thing until after what we just sang here this morning. His love, his amazing love. Now again, 
you know, that's not going to um, uh, take away the judgment that's coming, but what it does is it points us to a place where we can have that taken care of, and that's what God wants to do, praise God. Now, the scripture says here in verse number 9 of the fourth chapter of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 4, it says two are better than one. It says because they have a good reward for their labor. Remember that. You and I need help. The church is here for our help. As a pastor, I have, I have noticed lots of things through the years. And one of the things that I see as, as a preliminary for people to backslide is they begin to separate themselves from the very things that are designed to nourish their hearts and their souls. I've seen that. Tried to, tried to avoid that, tried to come in and intervene and, and so on and so forth, but sometimes it just, it's, it's, it's not going to happen because people have already made up their minds to do that. Now again, I'm not the final judge, I'm just here to be the observer, and I've seen that. And so I've, I've recognized that the best thing people can do, especially during troublesome times, is to really step it up. Step up the things of God, not separate yourself from them, not get into some kind of a pity party that will absolutely put some kind of a fence between you and God. And I'm not trying to be harsh here this morning. I'm really trying to be realistic. Amen. Too many people are backsliding. Too many people are walking away from this. And that's not the will of God. It never, ever will be the will of God. It won't. God is, is one that draws people, praise God. That's my constant prayer. When I walk around that flower bed, even in the wintertime, I pray for every car. Since we've been here for 21, going on 22 years in this location, I don't know how many thousands upon thousands of cars have passed by this building. Thousands of them. And I, I forget what somebody told me, an average of a week, and, and it's, it's astounding. So that's why I thought, man, I'm going to pray for everybody that goes drives by here. I pray for every car that passes by here, and then especially for every person in those cars that God, his drawing power, will be recognized in their life and that they will be drawn into the kingdom of God. First, or The Gospel of John refers to this, you know, the, the, the drawing power of God. In that, that certain instance, it really talks about God dragging us. That's what happens. God loves you so much that that's what he will do. He will literally do that. But you must understand, that's not a permanent thing. That's something that he does so that you will come, so that you will experience. Amen. And I, and I pray that every person who comes into the kingdom of God, born again of the water and of the spirit, can somebody say amen? Yes. Living a life that God wants you to live will we'll stop, will get into a process of, of, of stopping that, that God doesn't have to drag me to the house of God. He doesn't have to drag me to prayer. He doesn't have to force me or threaten me to open up my Bible. That's not the way God wants to do it. He really doesn't. And you know, I'll, I'll tell you what really happens is that life has a way of doing that to you. You get desperate. It doesn't matter who you are, praise God. Sometimes your faith, your, 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 um, um, your health fails. This week I had my wife at the ER because of a respiratory thing we thought, and it wasn't the case. But while I was up in that ER, my spirit just was, oh, because of the desperation that's in there. People are just all over the place. And I'm not just talking about health issues from a physical standpoint, but mentally people are struggling. And I'm going to help you to understand why that is. Why that is today. And with that, I'm going to give you a couple of solutions that you can literally begin to put into your life this day, praise God. That isn't going to be a cure-all, but it's going to help you to deal with what the situation is. 
So two are better than one. Always remember that. God has got help for you. Amen. One of the reasons that we as the church, after we were born again of the water and of the spirit, and, and, and uh, would have been a perfect time for the rapture individually to take place. Right after a person gets filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You don't get a greater moment than that on this side of the earth. That's one of the reasons why I'm so grieved by these other denominations that are putting that aside and not even, not even practicing that in their churches. It's just not going to work for them, praise God. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is the greatest gift that God has given to us on this side of heaven. It really is. It's a down payment. It's an earnestness that God says, okay, you're going to get the rest one of these days. And it's powerful. And it has the ability to rise us up. I quoted that scripture this morning in prayer. I think it's in the 65th Psalm where it says, let God arise and the enemies scatter. And it's so true, praise God. I found that to be so true, praise God. When God arises in my life, praise God, there's a hope, there's a faith, there's a determination that comes with that. Can somebody say amen? So two are better than one. Amen. And you already got God's guarantee, or not guarantee, but his commitment to this in Jesus' name. But listen to this. The Bible says, for if they fall, it says, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him, uh, help him up. What a, what a tremendous observation there. People who are alone, and this is the thing that happens to a lot of people today. They separate themselves, and they, and they, and they feel like they can just get on the internet, and they can just, you know, uh, stream something in or videotape something in. But you don't understand, that doesn't fill the gap that God has designed for human beings. There is nothing that substitutes you and I coming together and rubbing shoulders, praise God. That's why the pandemic was such, a, was such a, uh, a tremendous thing in our culture because many people were used to that, amen, and then they had to be shut down. And hopefully we learned some things and appreciated it. That's one of the things that can come out of, out of tribulation is that we can appreciate good times. We can appreciate, man, the day that I can get up and I can breathe and, I, and that type of thing. And, and that's why the, the Thanksgiving season is such a precious time, praise God. And so the Lord talks about this in, 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 in this. And then the Bible says in verse number 11 there, it says, again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one, it says, be warm alone? And then I want to I center on this verse this morning, praise God, for a few minutes. It says, and if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Amen. I believe that God wants to give the revelation of a threefold cord in your life here this morning in Jesus' name and help you to attack it the way he wants to attack it in Jesus' name. Would you just close your eyes for maybe about 15 seconds again and would you pray that God's word would have absolute free course? Come on, make that your word. Say, that's my idea, God. I am not going to resist and play games, Lord God, that you don't love me. Oh, hallelujah, I feel that rising in here right now. 
Oh, dita kahasta in the name of Jesus. I take authority, Lord God, over the, over the human flesh that would try to bring doubt into this. Shut it down, Lord God. I'm not taking authority over it. I'm just asking it to be shut down for a few minutes that the spirit that is inside every one of these people can begin to glean, can begin to understand and begin to grasp God, if I forget it, uh, tonight, we, I hope that some of you will come with a thanksgiving offering to the Lord. I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about of yourself, giving God praise and thanks for what he has done in Jesus' name. We're going to highlight that t- t- tonight. But in the meantime, praise God. God, help us in the name of Jesus. Probably one of the most prominent threefold chords, in my opinion, and again, all of this is just observation from my standpoint, I, I see in the book of John, 1 John. 1 John and the Gospel of John are some of the last books that were written in the Old Testament. Uh, there's there's um, uh, um, evidence that John, the, um, the revelator, was a very, very, was a teenager when he was following Jesus around, very young person. And he lived through several things, praise God. And in his latter years, and, and a lot of theologians will tell you that this was probably written when he was in his 80s, maybe even his 90s. I have no idea. I have no scripture to support that. But the bottom line is he was the last of the last. And I'm talking about the original 12 apostles. And so he said some things in these books, I think, that are worth noting, praise God. And what you catch is you catch an erosion that's coming that the church has seen revival, and the church will always see revival, and, and evangelization will bring souls in, you know, periodically. That's just the rhythm of the, of the kingdom of heaven, praise God. And, and, and so what happens sometimes is, is that um, complacency will come in, and sometimes, you know, people will become very, um, you know, lukewarm and that type of stuff. And so the God, or the, the, especially the epistles of John, he's warning against that. And he talks about something that comes in that is very subtle, praise God. Just like the temptation in the garden, praise God. A lot of what the devil does isn't a cold slap in the face. What it does is it begins and, and, and progresses over time. It'll just be a thought or maybe just something that we do that maybe we didn't, um, you know, that we didn't do before. And so that's why we got to stand on our guard. And let me show you some of the, of the strength of a three-fold cord as far as the carnality is concerned. The scripture teaches us, and I want you to see this in 1 John chapter number 2. Many of you might be familiar with the scripture. Let's talk about this. The Bible says in verse number 15, it says, love not the world. Now, the, the word world there comes from a Greek word, cosmos, which is talking about the orderly arrangement. It goes beyond the mountains and the streams and that type of thing. And there is an orderly arrangement to this world, praise God. And you begin to see that, um, in my opinion, when you, begin, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost. It says, if the man, and the reason for that, he says, to love not the world, neither the things of the world, is this. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You can't have it both ways. That's what our world is, is, is struggling and, and digging in their heels for. They want it both ways. And that has invaded into the church world, by the way. 
A lot of our churches, that's why they're, you, know, you, you can't feel a whole lot in them. And I'm not, again, being the judge. I'm just being the fruit inspector. It's because that's what's happening. It's not that they're horrible people. They obey the land or the laws of the land. They pay their taxes, a lot of these people. They're trying to be as good as they can. But the problem is there's a conflict of interest there. And that's what you and I have to deal with every day. Amen. Jesus said it himself, you cannot serve two masters. You're either going to have an allegiance to one or to the other. That's just how it's going to work. It might be a 59, you know, to, you know, or a 51 to a 49 percent, but it's, you're going to still have allegiance to the one. And that's why we must settle in it. This is a pretty tough thing that we, you and I are dealing with. Amen. And so then he goes on to say here, he said, for all things that are in the world, and then he identifies three specific things. Mark it for yourself in your Bible. Amen. This, in my opinion, is the threefold cord that people in this world are attached to. And the only one that has the power to loose them is Almighty God. Amen. 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 Only God can loose people from this. In fact, I'm going to be very bold to say this morning that the vast majority of people don't even know they're under the influence of this stuff. But it's there. It's very evident, praise God. And you and I must come to grips with it on a regular basis because it doesn't get eradicated. It doesn't. You know, the Holy Ghost comes and comes into our lives and gives us a better understanding, a better way of living and all that kind of business, but it doesn't totally get rid of the flesh. It's still there. And so you and I are dealing with these things whether we like it or not. That's why churches like this, the apostolic churches, have to consistently bring things into what they're doing that will help people to detach themselves from that. Oh, hallelujah, praise God. I was just reading an interesting book this week on the lost art of, um, of, uh, um, of discipline, praise God. And this man makes the point of a threefold cord, praise God, that can break it. And he talked about prayer and fasting and Bible reading. And I found that to be so true in my own personal life. That God helps me to break these bonds, praise God, on a regular basis. Can somebody say amen? Now come on, before I identify these things, lift up your hand right now and say, God, I want to, I want to put this under your feet right now in the name of Jesus. Help it to be identified to me. Help it to be specific to what I'm doing in this life right now. If there are things, God, that I need to get rid of, you help me to do that right now, Lord God. I'm not going to play games. I'm not going to pity patter. I'm going to identify what it is in the name of Jesus. And God, I give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Come on, can we give God praise for just about five seconds? Come on, give him praise. The writer of Ecclesiastes used the term, well, it's in our King James Version Bible, that a threefold cord is not quickly broken. He didn't say that it couldn't be. He just said you're going to struggle with it sometimes. And that's exactly what's going on in some of your lives right now. There's some struggle going on, which is a good thing, by the way. Amen. And so God's going to help you to counter that. He's going to help you to put some things in your life, praise God, that can help you in these areas. Because my God is a victorious God. 
My God is an overcoming God, praise God. He doesn't just announce the problem and then leave. He comes and he helps us to understand, yes, it's a problem, but it can be solved. It can be overcome, praise God. We can do the things that God wants us to do. Can somebody say amen? Now here you notice this in verse number 16. It says, for all that is in the world, and then it says, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Now you can understand why he's got a problem with the world. Because that's where it comes from. The spirit of worldlyism is what we call it sometimes. And we blame the devil for all of this. But this is a perverted worldly system, praise God, that you and I walk in. But praise God, God has carved out some territory in our life. Amen. How many have found since they got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, and are repenting on a regular basis, praise God, that there's victory in your world in the name of Jesus. That's exactly what's happening to you. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. This book talks about the fact that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Come on. You and I, we can count on that. Amen. But we must understand that from time to time, we're going to have to look this thing right between the eyes, praise God, and we're going to have to make some real concerted decisions. And God will help us to do that, praise God. He's always there to do that in Jesus' name. It's it's amazing once God gives you a thought, and he will do that from time to time. And then the next time you go through that Bible, how many times that thought rises up? in different places, and you begin to see it. And I'm believing that's exactly what's going to happen to you today. You're going to begin to see these things. You're going to begin to see them for what they're worth in Jesus' name. Let me just quickly here identify these things. The lust of the flesh has to do with the human nature apart from divine influence. That's all it is. It's flesh. And flesh that is not influenced by God. And we all got it. That's what I'm talking about, folks. That's why some people get themselves in a heap of trouble in a hurry. It's because there's no influence of God there. All it is is just flesh. And that's what the lust. Now, you could replace the word lust with the word desire. And this is what a lot of people want. They just want their flesh to have fun. They want to get all that they can get. And this is a large portion of the world that you and I are living in. And so the lust of the flesh has to do with that. It's human nature apart from divine influence. And so you and I must understand that's why we believe in the necessity, not the option, but the necessity of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on, we're not telling people how to be saved. We're just telling people how God is designed for it in the name of Jesus. That's why if you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost here today, the best thing you can do is begin to yield to that on a regular basis, lifting up your hands, speaking in other tongues, praying and asking the Lord to have more and more influence on you. It's the only hope that you have for your flesh. It's the only one. And so you and I must recognize, praise God, that's what we're dealing with. And that's only one part of the cord. That's only one part. And then we deal with the lust of the eyes. And what this has to do is with the, with, with the opening of a door for knowledge to come into the mind. And this is why the internet sometimes can be such a, a tremendous disadvantage to some people. We talk about, we talk about the age of information. Yeah. And people are, 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 are you know, they're, they're overdoing it, praise God. 
And most of this information was not designed for the average person to deal with. That's why our mental wards are getting fuller and fuller and fuller. It's because people are giving themselves over to information that they have no way that they can process. And this is what the lust of the eyes or the desire of the eye is. Oh, give me some more gigs and some, a bigger computer and so I can get this stuff really wrapping through my brain. And people don't realize what they're doing. And I'm not here to say that everything is bad, folks. That's not the answer. The answer is, praise God, that you and I are human beings that were designed to live in the Garden of Eden. We were designed to take orders. We were designed for the boss to come every morning and say, now you do this, you work over here, you get involved in this in Jesus' name. I'm going to tell you something, that's what we were designed to do. But we become King Farouks. We're people that men think that our intellect goes beyond God. And it's frying people. That's what's happening, praise God. And God can help us to put that back. He can help us to bring into things of God like never before in Jesus' name. And then the idea of the pride of life. And you know what this is? Again, this is just simply, this is the flesh that trusts in its own power. That's what it is. It's also called, or it could be doubled with, the spirit of iniquity. That's what's prevalent in our land. Oh, it's not that we don't believe in a God, but he's not totally in charge. He's not going to get everything that I've got. And that's what we're struggling. And listen to me, folks. Between those three things, it's a three-fold cord that is not quickly broken. It's not. And we can sit here and we can tell ourselves that everything is okay. But listen to me, folks. That's why you've got a pastor in this church that's going to push for the move of God every time we come together. Praise God. I'm not going to settle for some mamsy-pamsy way of looking at God. I'm going to push people. I'm going to say, you, you need to lift up your hands. You need to lift up your voice. You need to pray to an almighty God who can come and who's there in the name of Jesus. Listen to me, I understand that because of this threefold cord, I'm even being resisted this morning. I understand that, and I'm not upset. This is not what you are hearing here. You're seeing someone who is, is mindfully concerned, praise God. I'm not going to let it go, praise God. I'm going to keep pushing in the name of Jesus because my God is an overcoming God. I don't care how tight that cord is in the name of Jesus. It can be broken in the name of Jesus. I believe even here today. Come on, lift up your hands right now. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. So there you have it. In a nutshell, that's what John was talking about. This was some of the issues that were back then when, when this church was not even 100 years old. This is what was happening, praise God, and it's happening today. He told us, John told us, he said, the spirit of the Antichrist has been in the world. It's been in the world, but it's increasing, praise God. And the reason it is is because of this threefold cord. This is what's playing into it, and that's why you and I must understand. Look at this. Look at the first chapter of the book of, of, of uh, Psalms, and let me bring this out even further. Praise God. The Bible says, blessed is the man, verse number one, Psalm 1 and 1. It says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Just looking, a casual look at verse number one, you can see three things there. 
Amen. And you'll be surprised how many of that comes. Praise God. When you talk about God, the blood, the water, the flesh, I'm talking about there's a lot of things, praise God, are designed to help break this thing. And so when you see this, praise God, you're talking about, you know, uh, you're talking about somebody who walks, and that is a direction, folks. That's what that word means. When you're walking, you're going a certain direction. You're not standing still. You're going someplace. And that's why you and I must be constantly aware of where we are going. The wisdom of things in life sometimes is not what we do at the moment, but what direction are they taking us? Amen. You must understand, even music has that soothing control where people can look at and listen to a very innocent song, praise God, and all of a sudden their thoughts are changed. All of a sudden what they knew was not good, praise God, isn't quite that bad. Do you see how subtle it is? And that's why the writer is telling us here, he says, he says, don't walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. That's what he's saying. Don't listen to that. Praise God. And then he talks about the fact that we don't want to stand. And the word stand there means to establish yourself or to really begin to form your thoughts. That's what happens when you stand someplace. After a while, you take on the image that's around you. That's why you and I must be very careful. Now, I'm talking about a threefold cord that cannot be quickly broken. Amen. And I don't know how thick it is, but I know that by the power of God, and that's what we want. We want instantaneous results. And we must understand that some of this stuff has been entangled up in us. Zacchaeus proved this to us in the 11th chapter of the book of John, the Gospel of John. It gives us the eyewitness account of what happened there. Jesus is trying to get across to these people, I am the resurrection and the life. You're looking at the one who can do anything. That's one of the thoughts that's constant through the, book of the Gospel of John. Jesus isn't trying to, he's not politicking. He's not trying to to become people's best friends. He's not trying to love people by telling them what they want to hear. He is absolutely telling them who he is. And this is what brought power to the church. Can you say amen? I'm telling you folks, but when he walks up to that grave, the Bible says that through the shortest verse in the New Testament, Jesus wept. Yeah, why was he weeping? Because he was sad? No, he was grieved, praise God. These people were not catching it. And then finally, he just says, remove the stone. And boy, the argument started, praise God. Well, he's going to stink, man. This is going to create quite a scene. Remove the stone. And when they remove the stone, listen to me, folks, that's what a threefold cord carnality will do, is it will put a stone before your heart in the name of Jesus. But right now, I feel led of the Lord to pray against that stone. Some of you got it about halfway over your door, over your entryway right now, and I'm going to command for it to leave in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus right now. I speak to that right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord God, I pray that that is not being rejected, but Lord God, that is being received, received in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. And then when they opened, when they rolled that stone, they had to do the same thing at Jesus' grave, by the way. And so you must understand, God is able to do that. But then what happened when he came out of that grave after four days? He was entangled with grave clothes. That's what was happening to him. And that's what happens to us. 
we begin to put some things on. We begin to do some things. And it might sound good. It might be, you know, safe and, and everybody else is doing it type of mentality. But it's of the threefold cord. It's the lust of the flesh. It's the lust of the eyes. And it's the pride of life. And it is designed to entangle us again. And that's what God wants to do for us. Praise God. He wants to untangle us in the name of Jesus. And so the writer here says, don't walk that way. Don't stand that way. And then the last one he uses is sitting. And that's where you live. That's why one of the most important environments of your entire life is where you live. Amen. My wife and I have struggled with this for the last six months. Because for the first time... Um, you know, in 34 years in Gillette, we, we rent someplace. I'm not against renting, but it wasn't our place. It still isn't. And we don't feel comfortable there. That's why I'm, you know, I'm, not, I'm pushing some stones out of the way. Our home has always been our safe haven. Always. Because I, well, I walk around our home just like I walk around this building here. I don't take anything for granted in the name of Jesus. And so there's a few things that are out of my control Amen. And I'm just believing God to help us with that. I'm not whining. I'm not complaining. I'm just observing. That's what it is, my friend. Everybody is going to walk someplace. Everybody is going to stand somewhere. Everybody is going to sit or live somewhere. That's either going to, going to, you know, going to help or it's going to hinder. And so this is what God wants to do. He wants to help us here this morning to, and, 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 and claim this in Jesus' name. Is it any accident or is it any coincidence that the Bible says when Peter got done preaching on the day of Pentecost and he began to tell them who Jesus was, that's what he did. This was him. And let, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that this, this Jesus, this Lord, is the Lord of all. And the Bible says, based upon that information, praise God, they were pricked in their heart. That meant that conviction was working. And never forget this, my friends, where there's no conviction, there's never going to be deliverance from sin. Conviction is always the, pre the thing that comes before. And that's why we must allow it to take place. It's not something designed, you know, to, 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 you know, to, to make you depressed. It's designed literally to get rid of that threefold cord. That's what it's designed to do, and that's why conviction always has a way out. You've heard me say that. Con con you know, uh, to condemn somebody, is that's it. There's no hope. You're just waiting until it takes place. But when conviction comes, there is a way that God has given to us that you and I, we can begin to walk again. Praise God. We can begin to stand again. We can begin to sit or live the way God wants us to live. That's why I'm not teaching and preaching to people, even on the internet right now, that there is no hope. I'm telling you something, there is a great hope that God has in us. And that's why after he got done, the Bible says that they were pricked in their heart and they said unto Peter and the rest of the, what do we do? Come on, do you remember what he said? Come on, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Kind of sounds like a threefold thing to me. Amen. Come on, folks. I'm not basing the whole, you know, doctrine on that. But it's amazing to me when you begin to see this threefold cord that cannot be broken quickly. When you begin to see that, that God has got a plan for that to happen on a regular basis. Amen. 
That's what he's got for you, praise God. It doesn't matter what it is. His amazing love can cover it, praise God. And that's why he's done what he has done in the name of Jesus. God is here to help us in the name of Jesus. And so we must understand, amen. I've taught this for years, praise God. Let me give you another threefold cord that's in the process of happening right now. It's happening right now. And I use it as the term of salvation. I have taught for years and I still believe in three aspects of salvation. I believe in an initial salvation that comes into our lives when we are born again. Not when we sign a card in a church. Not when we start believing, but we are born again of the water and of the Spirit. I'm telling you right now, initial salvation begins. Amen. And it becomes the most powerful thing in our lives. But we must understand, along with initial salvation, there's always going to be an ongoing salvation, praise God. Or a continual salvation is what I call it. And that's where you and I are in the process of working things out. That's what we have to do. God doesn't give you the complete trail. He just says, follow it. And we begin to work things out. And then the last aspect of that is, of course, eternal salvation. One of these days, praise God, one of these days we are going to be called home and eternity, praise God, which has already begun, we're going to begin to see it in Jesus' name. And so I believe that that threefold cord that cannot be broken quickly, praise God, is going to finally be shattered in Jesus' name. I pray that God will help you to see this in your own personal life. God wants to help. There's several people in here that God is already in the trail of trying to help you to step up some things. But this threefold cord has really tripped you up. And it seems like, my goodness, I just can't get beyond this. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I'm telling you, with the, with the Lord's help, praise God, you can get beyond it in the name of Jesus. And God can help you in the name of Jesus to live the way that he wants you to live in Jesus' name. Look at what happens here. Look at the 17th chapter of the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter number 17. I don't know if you're familiar with the contents of Revelation. It's quite interesting what happens. I mean, from 16, the chapter 16 through... Um, um, through uh, 16, 17, 18, and portions of 19, the chapters of Revelation, things just get hot and heavy. And I believe part of that reason is because the wrath of God is being poured out. Now, you must understand, that's not a design of God for us. It's kind of like hell. Hell was never designed for human beings. Amen. Long before you and I came onto the scene, there was an angelic host. I don't have all the information because there's very limited amounts of it in the book or in the gospel or in the Bible. But we can understand that the devils or the, um, the, the, the angels lived prior to us. And they had access. And there was a time period that went on. But the scripture tells us that there was one of those angels. He was an archangel or a, or a, or a, or a ruler angel. Praise God. His name was Lucifer. And for whatever reason, something began to be established in his heart. You must understand, he was made perfect. He was made complete. But all of a sudden, the Bible says iniquity was found in his heart. What is that? Come on, what is that? You must understand, folks, that's the pride of life. All of a sudden, he starts depending on himself, believing in himself instead of, his, instead of Almighty God. And you can study this more completely at another time, but mark it down. The 14th chapter of the book of Isaiah, 
It talks about it. The 28th chapter of the book of, of Ezekiel talks about it. It talks about the fact that he had a good job. He had a good seat. He had a good view. But for whatever reason, praise God, he decided he didn't want to do that. But unfortunately, it wasn't just him. The scripture teaches us that one-third of the angels fell with him. That's what happened. And you must understand, God went ahead and judged them. He, they're already judged. And they were put in a chamber. In fact, the scripture uses a tartus or something like that, one of the inner chambers of hell. And I mean to tell you, folks, it is not very pretty. But I guess my whole point in saying this is that God never designed for hell, that part of hell, let me put it that way, to be for you and I. He's always designed for you and I to be with him in heaven. And so you and I have a choice. And I believe that's what grates the devil. That really doesn't, he doesn't like that. And that's why he's constantly trying, his system that is, to, to, to influence that decision. And that's why you must understand that the human flesh is no match to that. That's why I'm saying the only way you and I can ever do this is to be influenced by God. That's why grace, one of its most, in my opinion, one of its most complete um, uh, um, definitions is the divine influence of God upon the heart. That's what grace is, and that's what it's designed to do. And you and I can and will, and, and if we choose to, will be influenced by God. And that's what makes all of this the difference. Now, I want to show you something here, and I'm going to, I'm going to quit here because we've got to move on here. But the 17th chapter of the book of Revelation, it's tough, tough to have a subject like this and to try to contain it in 40 minutes. It's just, it's impossible. So I'm not even going to try. But I am going to leave you with this. The Bible says in the 17th chapter of the book of Revelation, now this is a time when, when um, God begins to, I hate to use the word retaliate, but he comes back. And things are going to be set in order. That's why I tell people who are having a hard time with the judgment of God, I said, you just hang on. One of these days, God's going to, he's everything. That's one of the observations of, of Solomon, by the way, in that 12th chapter. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. He said, everything is going to be brought under judgment. And that's not some fear tactic of God. That is justice. That's because he's not only a loving God, but he's a just God. And that's why we talked about this a couple of weeks ago where our sins are pushed ahead. You and I have the opportunity to take our sins and send them ahead under the blood of Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to come to the white throne judgment, and that's not, that's not happened. Not that they didn't have the opportunity. But it's not happening, and that's why there will be a judgment of that at that time. But watch this, and I plan on being with this group, by the way. The scripture says here, it says, it says um, in, in the vast majority of this, this chapter, it's identifying the beast. It's identifying the system. And, the, and it culminates by saying this in verse number 14. These, it says, shall make war with the Lamb. And it says, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him, now you want to get your threefold cord snapped? Here it is. They're called. And that call is going forth right now. God is calling you. Amen. And the Bible says they are, they are chosen. You know what that literally means? That means the people who recognize the call of God are choosing. 
They're choosing to do it. They're not making excuses. They're not saying, man, this has come in the way or that's come in the way. They have overcome because the, the spirit here behind the lamb is he's an overcomer. And that's how we do it, folks. That's how we break that, that threefold, that, that cord that cannot be quickly broken, is that we become an overcomer through the blood of the lamb. And we recognize the call that God has put on our lives. And we choose to do that. And then the last thing that we do, because it's, it's an everlasting thing, is we become faithful. That's what God is looking for in you. He's not looking for you to become the miracle worker. He's not looking to you to become to save the multitudes. He does that. He's looking to you to recognize that he's called you to become part of his kingdom. And that he's wanting you to choose, not for you to have him choose it for you. He's already done that. That's a complete work, in my opinion. God has already chosen to do that. Remember what we talked about this morning? He commendeth his love towards us while we are yet sinners. He strengthened his love towards us, not when you and I got good enough, but when you and I, praise God, recognize the call, and we choose that this is the way that we want to live. Listen to me. Let, uh, I'm already over time, and they're probably upset with me back there. But can I, can I get two more minutes, and you guys can come in if you want. I don't know how long it was. I know that it was within the first year, year and a half that I was in the church. I had never been in a church like this before. I had never had the high demands of God put on my life like you people did to me. And I'm not mad, folks. I'm not upset. I was just overwhelmed. And I was struggling because I had never been a part of a group like this before. And it was a small group, just a few people up on Marywood and Chrissy in Dubuque, Iowa. But all of a sudden, through that small group and me attaching myself to that group, yes, I was baptized in Jesus' name, received the Holy Ghost, and was trying to live the best life I could. All of a sudden, Within the first few months there, it's probably nine or ten months after I came into the church, God said, something has to change in your life. And I didn't know what to call it for years. I had no idea, but I knew something had changed. And you know what it was? I began to want this. There was something inside of me that says, I don't care what they do here. They're never kicking me out of here. I'm going to be here every service I can. I am going to pray, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to do whatever God wants me to do. Now listen, folks, I wish it was as simple as that. But because of based upon that one decision, praise God, it opened up volumes to me. Now the reason I say that is I, th I feel like there's several of you in this place right now that that's where you're at. I really don't know if you want this or not. And it isn't important for you to show me. I think it's more important for you to show God. I believe that's what he wants us to do. And so I feel like, I, I, man, I had tons. I could go on, but I'm not. I'm going to stop right there. And I want us to stand. I want us to begin to lift up our hands, and I want us to begin to talk to the Lord now. Come on, this is not, this is not that, sim, that, that hard. Come on, you know how to do this. Begin to call upon the Lord in Jesus' name. And in the midst of this prayer, I believe that there are some in this room right now, praise God, that can begin to see some things in their life in the name of Jesus. Oh, my.